Welcome to the Everyday PM podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager with a decade of experience working for healthcare, retail, consumer goods, and tech industries. I'm very excited to welcome Allison Ong, who is a prominent leader in the Loma Linda University Campus Transformation Project. It's a very, very big project that I'm sure if you haven't heard about, you will hear about on this podcast, as well as maybe another podcast where we talk about this project as well. So more to come on that. Um, But she is an exemplary leader. This is a mega project she's led, and I'm very excited to welcome her onto the Everyday PM podcast. Allison, for those who have not met you yet, please take a brief moment to introduce yourself. Thank you. Yeah, my name is Allison. I am the Assistant Vice President here at Loma Linda University Medical Center um, covering clinical operations and space planning. And I've had the absolute privilege and honor of working at Loma Linda for over 11 years now and most recently helped be a part of this massive project opening our new uh, two new hospitals. Yeah. And, and whether or not, you know, this, I think this came about organically, but if you look at the network of people that you work around, we've actually welcomed a few of the people that you have worked with onto the Everyday PM podcast. I just want to shout out to Christina, who has been on the podcast multiple times and who referred us to you, Allison, just because, you know, she was just very inspired by the way you led this project. And I know you don't work directly, like you don't work in the same organization, but you did work very closely together on this project. So, you know, we love Christina on the podcast. So we're super, again, super excited to welcome you on here today. And so with your expertise and leadership, we did want to dig into this idea of project leadership versus project management, right? Because as project managers, there's this part of our title that says we must manage. But when you talk about project management today, Essentially, what we're doing is we're not necessarily managing. I I truly believe that we're leading projects in in a way that, you know, works for the majority and works for your team and works for your stakeholders and everybody, everybody that works around you. And so when I heard about your story and the way that you've led this project, I definitely wanted to um, kind of pick your brain on what that difference is between project management and project leadership and really how you were able to infuse that across all of the teams that you work with. So why don't we start there? Do you feel, Allison, that there is a, you know, a clear delineation between uh, looking at this topic of project leadership versus looking at project management? I do. I think it expands further than project, um, project-based work. I would say that if you took the word project out of that equation and you just said, what's the difference between a manager and a leader? Mm. I think there in and of itself lies the foundation of where, where I see a difference. Um, so certainly I do feel that project leadership, uh, is probably the more appropriate term for what I have seen been the most successful for other people who, who may hold a title, um, project manager. Awesome. And I, and I'm aware that you do teach a course, I believe on project leadership, and I'm excited to kind of dig into the details of that as well, but let's learn a little bit about you, Allison, before we get started, just so folks know a little bit more about your background and your expertise. So tell me about your background, obviously. Um, it sounds like you started as a project manager 
And now you find yourself in this, you know, executive role. So really, how did you get there? I think all of us want to know. Yeah. So uh, I have a, a fairly unconventional um, sort of path uh, as, and I think everyone's journey is a little bit different, right? So I actually am a nurse by background. So started yes. off in nursing, which there in and of itself, you know, talk about having to learn the the leader role um, for how to deliver care for a patient that in and of itself is um, mm -hmm. is certainly unique and, and you learn a lot. But I was uh, very honored to have been able to be a part of a program here at La Melinda as a nurse leadership residence. Um, so two year, uh, fairly intensive residency that helps you gain experience on what it's like to be a leader. Yeah. So. I went through that for a couple of years, learned from the best leaders throughout the organization and uh, was also doing graduate school at the same time. And after that, found myself in a project manager role for the chief nursing officer. Wow. Uh, I had the best time. It was one of my favorite jobs. I got to meet so many people. And I think that that really set me off on a good foot because even as a project manager, um, you know, in that title, my job was to help serve the organization and other nurse leaders just as my boss, the CNO did. So that set me up uh, really, really well. And then I was fortunate to take on a director position. Um, and then from, from there took on um, the, the new hospital transition. And looking back at it, you know, every single one of those jobs helped me be better prepared for the campus transformation, new hospital project. But ultimately, that project manager job that I had um, really taught me the foundations of what it meant to be of service to others mm -hmm. and to take the, you know, someone else's vision, because oftentimes as a project manager, you know, you're there to execute, right? right? You're there to take whatever the vision is and bring it to life. That's what I used to always say when it came to this building was, you know, a, a great colleague of mine. Um, you know, he worked on the actual structure, but it was my job to turn this building into a hospital. Um, mm -hmm. So that is a lot That's of right. I think, project management from from an operations standpoint was um, was all about. So that that's an incredible background. So you have this, you know, foundation of nursing that then led you to this kind of leadership experience. And you, it sounds like you had a lot of wonderful mentors and and bosses along the way that kind of helped uplift you and put you into the position that you're in today. Is it, it was there a turning point? You know, I, I, as you're telling your story, a, a lot of project managers have maybe a very similar upbringing, if that's the right word to use, right? Uh, I know a lot of project managers who probably started our, as uh, engineers. I think that's a good example. They have their education in engineering um, and somewhere along the way, they either stumbled into a project management role that required them to lead a lot more than just do the engineering side of things, or they determine within themselves that they have leadership qualities that would make them a good candidate for this type of role. And in your journey, did you have that type of epiphany of, I, I, I should be a project manager? How did you get into the actual titled role of project manager after having gone to nursing school? And then essentially, you know, the kind of uh, question that comes after that is, when did you figure out and gain the confidence that you would be a great leader? Um, that's a great <laughs> question. Um, so I think 
did I ever have that epiphany that I'd be a good project manager? Uh, no, I mm -hmm. actually fell into that job. Um, that was that was what was available to me, right? So yeah. I had very limited options about what to do after residency. And that was one that, you know, it, it sounded like something I could do. So I was going to try it out for a little bit, see if it was something that was worthwhile. It was while I was in that position that I had this epiphany, though, that being in a support role and having the bigger picture or being in a role that required the view of the bigger picture was my strong suit. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I really learned that, which further led me into my current job. Um, but it wasn't something that I knew before I took that job. Before I took that job, I was just hoping that I was you know, doing a good job and learning as much as I could because that was my job. My job was to learn. Yeah. And once I became a project manager, I realized I love being able to connect the dots throughout the organization to say, okay, we're here. We need to get there. And the best way for us to get from here to there is this path. But we have to have contingency plans and we always have to have backup plans or like, what if things don't go exactly perfectly well? Um, what if things go too well, right? Because within project management and just time, if things, if you finish early, it could be a problem. If you mm. finish late, it yeah. could be a problem. That's a great so point. How do you balance that? And, and no, I started to realize that that was something that I was able to do. Um, and it was something that I had to learn. Certainly, uh, I wasn't naturally gifted in it. It was something that I was able to see from, as you know, you mentioned that I've had more mentors than I could possibly imagine. And I've been so grateful. Uh, but that is what they taught me is, mm. you know, Hey, Alice, me think about this, or you think about that. Uh, and that was super helpful. I think one of the things that I am so fortunate for is to have had all those people who are willing to guide me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I will say that just as a, a principle of, of life for me and, and my career is I love it when people tell me things that I could do better because mm -hmm. that to me is a sign of affection. And it to me says that they care about me and my success and that they want me to do a better job. So in my journey throughout, you know, from my project manager days to now, uh, people have helped steer me in, in the right direction. Gosh, it's so many things are, you know, popping in my head as you're, as you're saying these things, because I think, I, I think one of the questions I had learning about your experience was you, you've been faced uh, or kind of face to face with a lot of executives. I, it sounds like your first PM role, you were working for an executive, right? So it, in that sense, did that help you prepare to then eventually have to be the one that is face-to-face -face reporting on status of projects or were you already naturally kind of good at uh communicating in that way no I certainly had to learn it um yes it was it was helpful and it was helpful because I I wanted to see and I want I wanted to hear their perspective and I felt like if I took the time to understand their view and then subsequently took the time to understand the view of their subordinates, right? Because no one reported to me. So I there I didn't have subordinates. But mm -hmm. if I took the time to listen to the executives throughout the organization and I took the time to listen to those that were closer to the front line, I could better navigate how to get us through our journey. 
I could better navigate, okay, this team is feeling this way. And I think that the emotional aspect of how this project impacts the end user is probably more important than the actual like thing that you're trying to change, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, we're moving into a hospital. Yes, that, that's fine. But how people felt about it and how people felt about the move itself or life after the move, or, you know, one of the things that Christina and Yellowbrick always talked about was the grief of leaving something yeah. that is so comfortable. Right. So you talk about change management in that respect and you just accept it, right? Like, even though you and your life as a project manager, like you get it, you get what has to happen. You understand the why you understand the how, but not everyone does. And so how to help people get from, how to help the end users start to see what the executives are wanting to do. And, and conversely, having the executives understand how the end users are feeling, all of that together was so helpful. So I developed early on a um, rapport with executive leadership so that I could have those conversations. And I will tell you, our executives here have been the most open and kind because they've been so willing to listen mm -hmm. and so willing to acknowledge how our frontline staff were feeling. Um, and whether or not they were able to do anything about it, they heard it. And mm -hmm. that was, you know, it was encouraging for me as a project manager, because you're, you are in, in many ways, the messenger. Um, and so that was that relationship with, with senior leadership was, um, invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, and I, I want to dig into the kind of that communication that you had with them, but I want to make sure that people didn't miss the point that you made Allison, because it was a very good one, which is, which all the points you're making right now are great, but this one in particular, I want to make sure we, we call back to, which is feedback in your professional and even in your personal life can be very healthy for you. And I think uh, if we are not prepared to receive it in that way, and, and the way that you said, right, that, that means that's, it's, it's a sign of affection. Somebody cares about you, your well-being. They want you to be better. If you look at it in that respect, feedback doesn't have to always be so negative, feel so negative and critical, and people don't have to feel like they're doing something wrong. If you look at it in the way that Allison is saying and this applies to your personal life as well, right? If, if you have friends that you want to communicate with and there's something that you want to make them aware of that could potentially help them, uh, that is the way that I hope all of us are able to receive feedback, especially in our professional lives as we continue to grow and nurture our own careers is, is something that I want to make sure I called back to because that was such a piece of value or an important piece of valuable advice for, for the audience here, Allison. So thank you for that. Yeah, don't get me wrong though. I don't always like it in the first I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't always enjoy it, um, but I do after I have a, a day or so to think about it, I recognize that you know, what they're actually saying to me is, Hey, Allison, I care about you enough to have this difficult conversation and to tell you something that, um, will, will make you a better person. And I have, I've come to really appreciate it, even though, you know, the first 24 hours are really hard. Oh, it's everyone receives it so differently. <laughs> right. But does, has that helped you, you know, having that mentality, has that helped you in two ways? Has it helped you communicate to your own staff, uh, when you would like to provide 
you know, critical feedback for them. And then at the same time, has that helped you when providing that direct firm, you know, communication to your executives and your stakeholders? Absolutely. And I would say that it's helped in my communication with just everyone that I work with, right? So I will often, especially if it's something that maybe isn't the best news, Mm -hmm. um, I will usually start it off with, you know, my intent. And I will talk about my intention before I share the actual message. Um, So, you know, my intention is to make sure that you're successful or my intention is to make sure that the project is successful. My intention is, you know, whatever the case may be. Sure. Um, and sometimes I'll preempt the conversation with, this is going to be uncomfortable. And I don't know how else to put that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that, you know, so often, and especially I have found that people have this weird sense of, I've got this title, so I need to seem like I am always confident or I'm always like sure of myself or I'm, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I don't know if it's like a macho complex, not sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there is something to be said about being honest with someone, right? So if I am honest with you about how I'm feeling, I'm hoping that you can feel comfortable enough to be honest with me about how you're feeling Mm -hmm. and whether or not we agree is not the point. Um, whether or not we agree with the direction that we're going in or the choices that have been made, I just want to hear you. And I want to, I value, very much value what you have to say to me. Um, and most, you know, 99% of the time I get that respect back um, from my colleagues. And, and that's essentially how you build your relationships, even in your everyday life, right? And, 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 for those that are listening right now and you hear the phone ringing, this is what we do, right? This is our everyday life. This is the business nature of our business is that it just, it also doesn't stop. But when you think about how you build your relationships in your everyday life, you want that mutual respect. You want that honesty. That's how you build and grow. And as project managers, as Allison is pointing out, that's also very important in the professional setting and how I love how you're saying, you know, be transparent, be honest. You may not always have the best news to communicate, but if you have that level of authenticity that you've built a reputation around and that you continue to be honest with your stakeholders, I personally feel like that is the one of the most effective ways to communicate to your, to your uh, leadership team as a project leader. And Allison, I think you're kind of affirming that, uh, that statement and that thought as well. Now, when it comes to teaching this to your staff, I I understand you also teach a class, right? I think if I'm following your trajectory full circle, have you actually gone full circle now and are now teaching that leadership class that you once took when you started? Um, So I have had a residence of my own. Yes. So it I, I suppose I never really thought about it that way, um, but yes, I have come full circle and Amazing. I do have my own, um, I have had residents uh, rotate with me just as I did when I first started in leadership. Um, I do from time to time do like guest lecture here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think one of the things that I, I do try to teach people is one, you have to make it your own. I have had people that I have tried to teach and they try to emulate someone else. Right. And it it fails every single time it fails. Um, And so I think, you know, taking these principles and making it your own 
is, I think, first and foremost. But also, I think one of the questions that I like to ask people is, you know, what are the characteristics about a leader that you admire? Mm-hmm. What are their characteristics? Or like, what are some of the things that they do? And we sort of talk, we break that down in terms of like, okay, so you liked this particular action. What was it about that action? How did that make you feel? And so in many ways, we talk a lot about how did it make you feel? Um, Because that's what leaves an impression is, oh, well, that made me feel supported. Okay, like, that's great. What does that mean to you? Like, why did that make you feel supported? Um, Whatever the the case is. Um, But yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about how, how to, how to take some of these principles and to learn from your environment, because whether it's good, good modeling or sort of a demonstration of what you don't want to be, mm-hmm. um, either way you're learning, um, every moment of every day, you're learning from someone else about the kind of person or the kind of leader, or the kind of project manager that you want to be. Mm, yeah, that's great. Kind of absorb the traits that are what you think are good qualities of other PMs around you and emulate those, but don't exactly try to copy it is what you're saying. Yeah. Everyone's just got their style. Just make it your own. And, you know, ultimately that will, that will make you shine and it'll make you happy because you're not trying to pretend to be something or someone that you're not. And let's talk about that. Like when you've, when you have experienced or been, or come across somebody who might not necessarily feel so genuine or, or, or I guess the right way to say this is what is a bad project manager? What are the qualities of that? Because you're talking about the good qualities, which are all fantastic, right? Emulate respect, uh, emulate, you know, honesty, be transparent, communicative, um, these types of things. But what are some of the things in your leadership position that you've seen now with kind of the up and coming group of project managers that are coming into Loma Linda, for example, what are some of those bad qualities that I don't necessarily want to put anybody out there, but I think even in this very podcast, we always talk about the positive qualities or the great qualities of a PM, but we never really dig into, you know, what, what would you look at at a person and say, you might not be great in this role. And I think that's important for people to recognize as well. Um, I, I think the first characteristic that I would say I wouldn't prefer in a project manager is someone who doesn't want to learn the, the ins and outs of what they're managing. Right. So, um, I, I worked with someone a long time ago who said, who, who didn't care to learn and, and become, I would even say just, you know, averagely knowledgeable about the subject matter, um, who really just wanted to boss people around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, people don't want to follow someone that isn't willing to get dirty with them. Right. right? Um, so I think, you know, we go back to the whole concept of manager versus leader. So even though the title and historically has been project manager, um, really the best ones that I've come across are leaders, are people yeah. who are willing to say, we're going to do this together. I'm, right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sort of sit over here in my chair and like watch you do the work. No, I'm, I'm going to get in there with you. Um, I'm going to support you in any way that I can. Um, so I think that's probably one of the, the first things that I would say has been a disappointment for me, for, mm-hmm. for some folks that I have heard about, worked with. Um, 
I'll tell you one, one first characteristic, I would say. Um, the second characteristic I, I would say is someone who isn't, isn't willing to serve, right? So right. as project managers, um, and, and I think some of the best project managers that I've ever worked with are ones that say, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Because they recognize that the success of the project is as much their success. You know, if, if you're successful, I'm successful as a project manager. Um, if you fail, if the project fails, I fail as a project manager. Right. Um, and we're, I think as human beings, we're very quick to blame. Um, we're very quick to say, oh, well, that went wrong because of so-and-so, or that was bad because of someone else, whatever. Sure. Um, but one of the things I find that I appreciate of really good project managers um, is, and, and what I feel sets sets people apart is they often let go of the past. So they will say, okay, so this happened in the past. It wasn't ideal. It was a big mistake or it was a error, whatever the case may be. It wasn't ideal, but that's what it was. Here's where we are today. And here's where we need to go into the future. Mm-hmm. So what are the steps that we need to take to get there? And we can spend five minutes, you know, sort of complaining about the past, but ultimately we need to just move forward. And so some of the best project managers that I've seen um, and a colleague that I work really close with, a lot of what he frequently says is, you know, we can do a post-mortem later, um, but right now we really need to move forward because time is, Mm. is still moving. And it's true. Like the only thing in life that continues to move in the trajectory that we expected to is time. So mm-hmm. whether we use our time to move forward or we use our time to dwell, time doesn't care. Time is still moving forward. Right. So ultimately you ask yourself, what is my objective? And that was something that I really admired from a lot of the people on this team who in, in working on this hospital was, okay, like what happened wasn't great. It wasn't ideal, but we still have a goal to meet. And we still intend on meeting it. And we can't because we're a team. We've got remarkable people and we trust our people. We know that everyone's capable. So let's just keep going. Um, And so to get, I think that was one of the things that I saw as we'll call it project leaders. Um, My, my project managers, for example, they did a remarkable job of leading their teams through that because they were constantly met with barriers and challenges to meeting the goal, but they were amazing mm-hmm. at saying, you know what? I know I hear you and that sucks. And we can talk offline if you want to, but we got to move forward. Right. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like it has to be this careful balance of ensuring your, well, starting from the beginning of what you said, understanding all of the different facets of the project you may not necessarily need to be the SME in every aspect of the, of the project in every role, but have a good understanding of that. And if you don't start there and try to invest some time to know what your counterparts and what your team members are doing, then that might be a failure on your part as a PM. So I think that was a beautiful piece of advice, Allison. And then kind of the connectivity to that is then taking that knowledge and that the reputation and the, the relationships that you built and be able to also balance moving the project forward despite having all of these challenges and roadblocks in the way, you're absolutely right. We can easily get stuck on an issue, look at the past, spend too much time interrogating what happened 
and not be able to move forward. And I think that is such a great piece of advice as well as this, it's the practical experience of having been there that I completely resonate and understand what you're saying is that you can easily be stuck in this point in time and time is continues to be the thing that keeps moving. So Allison, I think that's such a wonderful story and such a wonderful take on how we should be looking at things, even in our personal lives as well. I think that's just something that can apply there as well. You know, don't take time for granted. You got to keep moving as well, progressing in your goals and things like that. So Allison, I know uh, we, I've threw a lot of questions at you. You've shared a lot of your experiences with me. I, uh, Christina was not lying when she said I would be inspired and leave this conversation feeling passionate about being a project manager and then transitioning to a project leader. I do hope our audience feels the same way. Allison, I, the time has flown. So uh, if there's any other words of wisdom you want to impart on our audience, please feel free to do it now. Otherwise, that's, that's all I got for you. Yeah, I am so grateful to have been uh, to have met you and to chat with you a little bit today. And, and I hope that my experience is helpful for for others and can um, glean a little bit and, and make their project a little bit better. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. I know I want to, again, be mindful of time, just like a PM. Um, so that will do it for Allison and I on this installment of the Everyday PM podcast as we talked through this idea of project leadership. Allison, if people want to continue the conversation with you, is there any way that they can stay in touch? Yeah, I am available. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn um, and you are welcome to message me there. Awesome. Well, Allison, uh, yeah, you can also find me on LinkedIn as well if you want to chat further with me. Um, but also find the Everyday PM podcast on any of the pod podcasting platforms that are available. Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, you name it, uh, Apple Podcasts, one of our biggest as well. Um, you can find the Everyday PM there to listen to this episode on Project Leadership with Allison and also watch this episode. This episode will be up on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash and Campia. Uh, again, that will do it. Thank you guys for joining and listening and taking in all those good nuggets of how to be a great project leadership from Allison. And until next time, take care. <laughs>